Hey there! Welcome back to the Ludinous Podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Cummings, and joining me, as usual, is uh, Aaron Thayer. Hey, everybody! Hey, that was really a uh, good greeting for everybody. Thank you. We're I very feel pop- very casual right now. It's a hot summer day in Portland, and it we're is. drinking beers. It's hot, we have beers, it's all kind of just going to wash out, you know? <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Uh, Aaron, I have a weird thing to tell you. I Okay, well... This is not the first time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, so what? What's? Are you weird? sitting down? I, I, I can see that you're sitting down yeah. for the Here, let me, audience. Let me make sure I'm sitting down. Okay. Okay, I am. Aaron, I I played a game today. You did. So that's not weird. What's weird about that? The game was Skyrim. Okay. I, I mean, that's I, a big deal for you. Yeah, I I finished it. You finished. So let me get this straight. The game came out November 11th, 2011. But who's counting? It came out November eleventh, two thousand eleven, <laughs> and you are just you just now finished the main quest line. As yeah, well, I've been playing every day for hours ever since it came out. No, I waited like years because I thought it sucked. Okay, and then something happened. Well, what? So what changed? What was? Di- what of all days? Why today did you finish this? Maybe it was because it was hot out, and I really wanted to just kind of have this experience of like this. Nordic tundra, where I could just sort of freeze to death in solitude, kind of project mentally, it's a dream of of mine. cold, and yeah, and, you know, and like practice my my thum, my my shouting voice, fus roda, yeah, yeah, it's the name of my new LP. <laughs> look look out it's for on, it. It's a bumper sticker I've got. Oh god, really? No, I don't. Okay, because I don't I, believe I, bumper stickers actually. I know, but like I could see you having one in a drawer somewhere. That would be my license plate number, actually, if I had <laughs> <Fus> an option. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone has that. Here. I'm sure in Oregon, yep. Yeah, in the Portland area, no less. Um, yeah, so I have my my Skyrim save thanks to Steam Cloud has been around forever. So PC version, PC okay. version, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just I sat down on my computer and I was like, oh, last day of the Steam sale, maybe I should t- look for something. And then I just saw the Skyrim was installed, and I was like, I never finished that. I wonder how close I am to the end. And I f- Well, that's, number one, that's a pretty big thing, to not just buy another Steam game that you won't finish, but to actually actively look at your library and go, you know what, I'm going to yeah. finish one of the games I already have. That's a good point. And honestly, this it maybe says more about me than it should. Uh-huh. This is the first Steam sale I can remember where I haven't bought a single thing. I, yeah, well, I felt I wasn't going to buy anything, but I did in the end. But I know, <laughs> I know what you're saying, though, that yeah. it just, okay. So, that yeah, that's a big deal to go into Skyrim and finish that. Now, for those uninitiated and why this is a big deal for you uh, and why it would have taken you four years to finally just decide to finish the campaign of this game, what's the deal? As Jerry, Fe- Jerry Seinfeld would say, what's the deal? Why did it take this long? What's... Did you change your mind? Did you not like Skyrim before? Did you not like open world games? What's... I never thought of it like that. Like, I like open-world games conceptually. Mm-hmm. I like Elder Scrolls games. Like, I liked Morrowind for what it was. I thought Oblivion was amazing when it came out. That was, you know, almost a decade ago, but still. Yeah. Um, it's not that. It was more... I, I don't know... Something happened when I got Skyrim that I just didn't like it. And I kept waiting for the moment to kick in where I would like it. Where it would just make sense to me, and I felt like, okay... I can understand this experience. I can appreciate it. This is fun. I'm back in the groove again of like this Fallout 3 or like Oblivion style, these other Bethesda RPG styles uh-huh. of just open world exploration, not worrying about all these things that are going on. And for some reason with Skyrim, I can never let go with this feeling that I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the fact that my quest log was always just bursting with stuff to do. 
a big problem for that game, yeah. Yeah, it just it, it gets to be kind of daunting. I'm even noticing this a little bit in The Witcher 3 right now, but like thankfully, I feel like it's impossible to really overload yourself, at least in the first 10 hours or so with quests. So, mm-hmm. uh, But going back to Skyrim, I just I found it really daunting. And I honestly, I think I stopped playing about two years ago, and I forgot where I was. So today I just fired it up. And um, what was that like to come back to just reimmerse yourself in the world of that game, which, as you said, is huge and overwhelming, and to just start back up from where you were two years ago? Did you feel lost or overwhelmed, or what was what went what happened? Well, I forgot who I was playing as, and I had to like uh-huh. pan the camera around in third person. I remember that I was playing as Jigglypuff, the Dunmer Elf. Really? That was it. Jigglypuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you were a dark elf. Yeah, Dunmer is what the name mm-hmm. is, right? See? See? Yep. I'm so legit. You get, you I know it, these games. You got, you're picking it up? Okay. Yeah, that's their, that's their word for it. So, um, I was an archer, big on stealth, level 87, archery. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Yeah. Can you sing to put other Pokemon to sleep? It's really powerful. <laughs> um, actually, it's not too far There are voice... Skyrim. I mean, the, the whole voice bent is the, you know, Dragonborn's gimmick yeah so you do have you yell at things till they die basically are singing at things it's basically the fox news of video games it's fantastic so um i didn't realize that i stopped literally at the portal before you go to like the afterlife area where you go to fight the last boss the dragon alduin right alduin yes or alduin whatever they say it really funny. They they're really into this whole like faux Nordic thing, but yeah, Alduin. It's just another dragon you have to kill, which actually was kind of underwhelming. I'll get to that, but like, mm-hmm. I uh, so I jump in. I'm in this like tower area trying to get to this portal. Do you feel like you're picking up your character pretty immediately? Then yeah, I remember you know hold down right trigger or um, right mouse button to like breathe in, slow down time, left trigger to or left click to shoot your arrows and. I don't know. It's for a game that's four years old. Still looks pretty good. It plays pretty well, and um, mm-hmm. it was just. I just looked over the vistas of like this big icy tundra in front of me and realized that like, the promise of these big open worlds of places that you can explore and you will find interesting stuff. For some reason, I forgot about that being the big draw of those games. I thought it was about okay. Now they're trying to tell a really compelling central story because they are prioritizing it more. And I think we both agree that Skyrim really made a bigger effort to try to draw you into these core quest lines to the like the warring factions and this whole like, hey, dude, figure out your whole shouting thing and then go kill dragons. Yeah. So um, a lot of the game felt at, like an extended tutorial. Yeah. Which is weird for Bethesda, and I, I, on another note, hope they step away from that for Fallout Four. Sure. But yeah, so I fought the last boss, I beat it, and then I was like watching the sort of ending play out, but I, I, mm-hmm. I'm air quoting here because I'm a terrible person, but like Aaron has seen the ending too, which is just a you, bunch you, of di- dragon circle, yeah. and they talk to you, and then you just sort of stand there. Yeah. And it's and, like, oh wait, I can go do stuff now. <laughs> and in a way, that's like a perfect ending for this kind of game, because it's just like, guess what? That didn't matter. You just did some stuff. You're but still like, alive. The world yeah. is not going to end, but there's still a world to live in, so yeah. just go back to your regular life. There's still a war going on, because I never finished that. There's still, right. like, the Dark Brotherhood wants people killed. I could go do some more of that. It's it's accepted... To me, I accepted that it was anticlimactic. Even compared to Oblivion, which ended with this big fight between... Um, what was the main Daedric prince that was doing the Oblivion stuff? Was it Dagon? Mora? Dagon? I, I forget. Something else. Oh, man, I forget. But you're, the end is basically you're just watching the final fight happen in, in Oblivion in the city, the main yeah. capital city, between the giant 
essentially Voltron and Power Rangers sized versions of the Daedric Prince that's evil and then the um, descendant of Patrick Stewart, Sean Bean. He was the character. Sean Bean, for those who don't know, is actually the descendant of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> so the in the in-game descendant of the Emperor that dies in the opening minutes of Oblivion, they're basically two giant versions. You got like good guy, bad guy fighting each other, and then that's it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that was pretty epic, and you get a great armor set built by the uh, the armorer of the capital after that, and then you just keep doing quests. Yep. Skyrim definitely ends like so. You kill the dragon. Well, the dragons aren't going to destroy the world now. You're stuck go. on this big mountain. Go do something else. Why don't you walk down the mountain? And, like, I think that, for me, I had, like, a moment where I just stood there and realized that was the end. There was there was going to be no credits rolling or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. How am I, as someone who overthinks things, to interpret this? Like, it's... Because I always thought that, you know, games games have ending credits that you get to. That, that, like, there is a final cutoff point where the story... Very programmed to expect that. Yeah. Even in an open-world game like Grand Theft Auto... There's a cutaway, a sort of a, a sort of resolution or denouement, and then like you come back in after that, you keep playing. But yeah, credits roll, this the fade to black, and then it fades back in, and now you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, and like I guess what I'm kind of realizing, and this is probably something people just intuitively knew, but I'm took me this long. Maybe it's okay for games to just not really end like that. Like maybe. The fact that there was a main storyline was more of just a concession or, or sort of like a, you know, something put in there to appease people who want that. But the focus of the game was never on that. It was always about, yes. like, exploring this world and yep. just setting off in a random direction and seeing what happens. That is... So when I've talked about that before, ad nauseum, that has been my whole... When I'm talking about creating my own narratives, that's what I mean. The, the gameplay facilitating my exploration as a means to an end and a means of satisfaction that is what i get out of those open world games when they allow that amount of freedom and skyrim was a perfect example for me and why i loved it so much and why i spent hundreds of hours on it um the the thing that you had mentioned before of just standing and looking at the the frozen tundras and the vistas yeah that game was just another Elder Scrolls iteration. It felt like a Bethesda game. It really, you know, didn't drastically change how that structure uh, forced you into exploring or playing your character. It, it all felt like another iteration of a Bethesda open world game. But for me, the beauty of that land, even without mods, looking up into the night sky and how the stars would show up and the different the the mist on the mountains in the distance yeah. it sold the world to me and and just made it so much more enjoyable to explore it because of the way that it was laid out and the attention to detail that they had to make the world feel alive and lived in if it gives you a real sense of place i never noticed like that stuff before like the the depth of the snow effects or like the mists blowing over the bluffs and things like that. Yeah, like, even the vanilla version. They did a great yeah. job of having atmosphere yeah. in this Nordic country and not just this kind of barren wasteland to explore in, which is a big problem for a lot of open-world games. Dragon Age, not to hate on it anymore, but that was a problem yeah. that as varied as the landscapes were, they never felt lived in or alive. So I guess like when I noticed a lot of those details for the first time today um, in, in Skyrim. And I was just like, wonder. I wonder what was going on in my life or just in my expectations of games at the time, 2011, 2012, 
where I just ignored that and thought about like, okay, here here's this big checklist of stuff I need to do to finish this game so I can talk about it. And instead, like, yeah, maybe I just overthink these things and like, I just, I don't know. Like, one of the one of my favorite games of all time is Minecraft, which is completely devoid of objectives or like story. It's just mm-hmm. you know you make of it what you want. There are achievements if you want them. You can go to different worlds if you want, but it's really just like, the game is all about experimentation and walking off in a direction and seeing what you find so i don't know is this like a common problem but like expected like rpgs maybe it's because i played japanese rpgs growing up and those are very linear but like it was just i don't know i never really thought about just exploring for maybe you favor more of the extremes of something like minecraft that turns me off as a player because it is so unrestricted and i feel overwhelmed yeah, and having something like you say in a Japanese RPG that is extremely it is telling the story it needs to tell and you really are only just leveling up so you can do the next part of that Yeah, and for me it's absolutely in a Bethesda game I play it or any games that are similar to that I play it where the narrative does not dictate what I do in the game Yeah, I, I just the narrative I, I do it when I do it and that has always been the most satisfying way for me to play those games. So if you're picking up on that now, I think that that is perhaps why you're more willing to give that style, I don't know if it's credit or just uh, enjoy it more or whatever it is, but I think that you weren't playing it wrong. It just, for like you're saying, for whatever reason, the way you approached it was, well, I'm going to attack this to-do list, and then you still feel confined and not actually able to enjoy the design of the game, which is meant to make you just go off, explore, kill, find unmarked caves and little Easter eggs and things that make the world feel um, relatable and lived in and not just completing the quest log for basic yeah. boring crap, which a lot of those quests in any of those games are not that satisfying. When you feel that you have a good combination of a fantastic quest line that sends you half across the world to do something, that's a perfect blend but looking for that in any of those games is kind of a recipe to just feel disappointed in them, I think. Yeah. Exploration is the main reason I play a Bethesda game. That's and it and makes Fallout, sense. Totally even more so. Yeah. So I'll get, again, like after I finished Skyrim, I was like, I'm going to fire up Fallout 3 cuz like I'm curious about Fallout 4. It's been a long time since I played 3. Do you know that came out 7 years ago? I know, right? That's crazy. It still looks great by the way. Um and New Vegas too for what that's worth, mm-hmm. but um I loaded up the most recent save there, just not knowing what to expect, and it's me uh, as a new character uh, who had just left the starting area of Vault 101, and for some reason I was level 29, I don't know how that happened, I was probably doing some console, console hacks. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I'd saved was 2011 in that game, so oh. yeah. Um, and I saw the quest lines there, Yeah, I, I finished Fallout 3, I did all the quests mm-hmm. in that, got almost all the achievements. Um, and I was like, okay, here's the one that tells me to go to Megaton, the first city that you go to to explore and like get your first hub kind of in your like internalized mentally. There's also the main storyline quest to go to the radio station. And I said, I'm going to walk west. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's the Capitol building. I'm going to walk towards that. Yep. And I just started walking and I found little like ruined towns and notes from people and like some That little... is the shit that matters in those games. Yeah. And if there's. There is not a way to play an open world game, really, but if there is one, that is the closest thing I can recommend to anybody who might have been trapped like you had been before or feeling disappointed in that. It doesn't mean that the games are perfect 
Absolutely not. No. But, but like you're saying, that in something like uh, New Vegas where you can... <laughs> my my way of playing those games is as soon as the, that you're out of the starting area, I just veer left. I go the opposite <laughs> direction of what they're telling me to do. Just always go left. Yeah, just go left. And you really won't be disappointed. Um, but that is what just electrifies me so much and having that that freedom yeah and i know the quest is there it's not going anywhere yeah and when i do care about that or i feel like i've leveled up enough or gotten better gear because that's usually how i approach it too is i don't want to start the quest lines i want to get better gear find something fun in fallout 3 there's a shop that's very close to the beginning i forget the exact location but um there's a old store where you can find aviators on a mannequin Mm -hmm. i always when i start a new character go to that little store get the aviator just to wear because it gives me a perception bonus and my character always has some really weird mustache so i've got these great aviators like and, mustache. And, you're just, yeah. and then i kill the sheriff in megaton and put on his cowboy hat so now, <laughs> so now i've got this great 70s cop slash porn star looking guy that um you know i just play the game as but that is me creating like my little checklist of things to do that the game did not tell me to do yeah and when you're feeling that you're living outside of the checklist of the main quest lines or secondary quests or to-dos, that's where you have the most fun, I think. Yeah, well, it makes perfect sense. And, like, I look, I was trying to figure out, like, why is it that I look back on these games with such a mixed set of emotions? Mm-hmm. I think it was because back at the time when Fallout 3 came out, when New Vegas came out, when Skyrim came out, you and I were both working on a project called Silicon Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. We were, like, it was a game blog that we were trying to take at the time of those games coming out very seriously we wanted to like run authoritative reviews we wanted to be able to speak very um you know educatedly to these games mm-hmm. and so a lot of the games i played at that time unless they were very short um i found myself just very much beelining through the critical path and trying to like get absorb to the point, as much as you could yeah just take it all into the point where i felt like i could have a conversation with someone else and like know what i'm talking about but doing so kind of like made me miss the joy of those games because i was so objective focused yeah and those games really ever since the, the original elder scrolls game arena even since the original fallout Daggerfall, whatever it was but yeah fallout one and two it's you know you need to get off the beaten path and i think that's something that uh, games that a lot of games condition us not to do that because you just you know there's a very strong critical path and like yeah. for example uncharted dead space mm-hmm. to give some contemporary examples and if you stray off that you're just going to find a dead end yeah, you you can maybe go through a market in the bustling city a couple of streets off to the side, but it will dead end at some point, or there's no door you can open, or there's yeah. nothing you can interact with. So you're trying to look for maybe hidden items, but that's the limit of your exploration. You're just yeah. trying to yeah. use a pre-baked level to find stuff to get a trophy on or an achievement. Exactly. And even Assassin's Creed, I think, is like not very good at this either, because like, you can go collect whether I don't know feathers or animus fragments, whatever they call it right. in the specific game. Jingos, yeah, jingos. Jing- <laughs> yeah, you can get jingos and jigsaw pieces uh, as Arno. Uh, <laughs> but um, they I would don't play Assassin's Creed Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, <laughs> but they really feel like filler because you're not seeing anything new. You're not interacting with like interesting stuff. It's like, an open world devoid of actual interaction. Yeah, or like unique, meaningful interaction. It's gorgeous and it's realized, but yeah, you're basically just collecting stuff. Yeah, and so I guess like, you know, I I had some mixed feelings about uh, Dragon Age. Um, I took me a long time to come around to Witcher 3 even, which I'm enjoying right now. But I think it is just that that pressure I feel to like finish stuff. Because like, you know, at first it was, 
wanting to do the best I could as like a, a sort of imitation games author or editor or like, yeah. you know, a commentator on these things. And now it's more of like, I'm going to spend 60 bucks on a game. I want to make sure I like get everything out of it. And so there's this pressure to complete it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I think there's, you know, anyone who's ever, like even the least bit Zen will tell you to just like go and take life as it comes. But the same is true for these games, I think. But even if I've in before you've come to this enlightenment moment today, um, even Thank before you. then, I have absolutely felt the same pressure you have in approaching games as I want to get my money's worth. I want to see everything there is to do. I want to, in some cases, get achievements because I want to try the, to play the game in different ways. I want to have the conversation that my friends are having about it. So absolutely, that's a pressure. And that's, I think, the biggest problem with games being the interactive style that they are is they cost a lot and you want to do everything within it. You want to bleed it dry and a lot of games aren't that great at enabling that. Yeah. But um, something like Fallout, Skyrim, it just, the way that you're playing them now or approaching them is the thing that's the most satisfying to me and I'm glad that you're seeing it that way at least. Or who knows if Fallout 4 enables that. Um, but that's the style of game that I gravitate toward because even something like The Witcher 3, which is open world, it it does actually do a fascinating thing in using exploration as a way to propel a narrative forward. Yeah. Where if you can go across this giant map straddling different territories, these question marks show up on the map for those who haven't played it. Those question marks are basically, hey, there's stuff here to go explore and find. And the reason I haven't done as much exploration there is because when I do that, it usually leads to a quest line. Some of it is just finding treasure, but it's not as subtle as something like Skyrim or Fallout was, where you can just go to a building in Fallout, uh, loot it, find some cool gear, but there's really not a quest at the end of that most of the time. In Witcher 3, you keep getting quests on quests on layers, and you do feel, for me, more overwhelmed in that sense of exploration of that open world which is almost a turnoff for me yeah so there are different approaches to doing this whole exploration kind of emergent narrative thing within open world games some people probably prefer witcher and it does feel more layered that way because it's constantly making you be Geralt and having Geralt interact with people you're not Jigglypuff you're Geralt exactly you have a voice you have a perspective so things are naturally going to lead into a narrative that makes Geralt Geralt Yep. Fallout, Skyrim, whatever. I do prefer more because they don't impose that upon you. You can explore for the sake of exploration, finding cool vistas, getting gear, finding those little Easter eggs, and that's all the pressure it puts on you. Yeah. And it's nice. Like, it's something that I really should have just stopped to appreciate in the moment. Like, having a game where you can lose yourself is pretty important, I think, you know, especially when it rewards you for, like, experimenting and taking chances and going off the beaten path like yeah. there's there's a metaphor in there i'm too tired to think of it but like there's you know there's a corollary to real life there the best the best way that i would recommend is playing the game um kind of like i did when you mentioned our old project on silicon sasquatch but i did a short series of diaries in for fallout new vegas oh yeah where i was kind of writing as role-playing my character and that 
you know, it was silly, it was goofy, but I loved doing those because it was me actually creating a story around just the random stuff I was doing as a character. Yeah. It was creating a role play scenario for me just not following a narrative. And that really was interesting to me and fun to do because of the fact that I was creating a story as I went and not following whatever path was was given to me by right. the game. Right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I had that realization. I'm glad I finished the game and just kind of realized that finishing it is actually like not even something to really note because that game doesn't mm-hmm. really end. It's more about just how much have you done within that world? Like how many different things have you tried? So mm-hmm. I'm actually excited to go back and see what else I forgot about. So there are there open world games that are coming up that um, you might try this new approach and this new understanding of how a lot of these games work that you're excited for? I think so. I mean, there's a couple things going on. Like one is like I'm excited to see Mirror's Edge go to an open world model with the, the new one Catalyst, which you mentioned in last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also excited to approach a game like Just Cause Three, which is a series I love to death. And like I was excited for Just Cause Three when it was announced. But I'm really excited to go into it and like not worry about the story at all because like it's always been inconsequential more or less in those games. But just seeing how like much... a real action movie. Right, exactly. But that's a good thing because like it's all the action movies exist in service of the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Just Cause's story exists in this in the service of creating a reason for you to be in this Mediterranean made up island and tells the gameplay, which is the ultimate reason to play that game. Yeah, and the gameplay in those games has just been like outlandishly amazingly ridiculous. And so I'm excited to sort of see like what kind of, you know, what wandering around gets me there too because mm-hmm. like the first time I parachuted up a mountain in Just Cause 2, which is a thing you can do in the game because of grappling hooks, and it's, it doesn't make any sense, but it's cool. Um, I was just like, wow, this is a huge original open world, and I can just like control it however I want to because like, I'm basically a superhero. So. You know, I bet that that's maybe why you've gravitated toward that series more is hmm. the gameplay, I'm just speculating, but the gameplay is the enabler for you to explore that world and it doesn't really restrict you in how you navigate that whole um, island yeah islands and something like skyrim while you had the freedom to go wherever and play it however you still are running or taking a horse or fast traveling and you're very limited in how you actually interact with the world You're, you're finding stuff you're killing things but that's mainly it you're walking or you're riding a horse or you're fast traveling yeah in just cause you are parachute grappling and the new one you have a wingsuit and the demo that i had seen that came out of e3 is you can pretty much use the grapple hook repeatedly with the wingsuit and parachute to just like fly across the ground yeah as you want and just move the movement of that game is a method of exploration and is extremely satisfying and hilarious yeah it's, it's it's over the top stupidity and it's wonderful yeah, yeah. so i don't know I, I i guess i'm more open to the idea of like seeing games like this come out i guess actually the most controversial thing for me personally was that i'm actually ready to give uh, middle gear solid 5 a shot in mm-hmm. earnest i was kind of not thrilled with ground zeros for a number of reasons the sort of short playable version of that game that they released in advance of mm-hmm. phantom pain metal gear solid 5 um, but seeing those kind of goofy concepts and mechanics bolted onto an open world experience could actually be really good for that game. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, the coolest things in Metal Gear Solid have always been off the beaten path to begin with. They were pretty linear games, but they were a little like 
weird little Easter eggs you could find, like whether it's like skipping boss fights altogether yeah. or like other just dumb little things that are in there. Finding these tableaus just in yeah. a cell or something that's, yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of just give me a, a moment to pause and think like, hey, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I should appreciate these games on their own terms and just sort of be open to that sort of approach. But it is a dangerous trend to apply to every game. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that every open... Just being an open world game excuses a lack of focused... There has to be a hook. There has to be a reason to explore that world. Otherwise, you're just going to get frustrated, overwhelmed, as you had in the past, and uh, just stop playing the game at a certain point. Yeah. Um, If it's something like gameplay, like Just Cause, then that obviously is successful because we both have enjoyed that series. And the... three just looks like it turns up the insanity a notch and allows for more freedom of movement so great they're doing what they need to uh the next fallout fallout 4 it looks like a bethesda game and it's a whole new area set in um you know post-apocalyptic boston with a freedom to build your own shanty town and set up power uh, just what you've always dreamed of (laughs) yeah like that's a cool addition a little uh, add-on to the gameplay but it's still going to be this style of just go wherever you want You'll find stuff to do. And shape the world how you want to. Exactly. Yeah. So they, I guess they are giving more player agency then compared to the previous Bethesda games where I guess I, I guess Skyrim you could build a house, but kind of it was very limited yeah. in the expansion. You could buy a few things. Oh, I guess you could build one in the expansion too. Yeah. But um, in Fallout 4, you're kind of able to create a city and to tear it down, build it as you want. So that's allowing you to put more of your imprint on the world. That's cool. But... I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five. I hope that it's successful because, to me, from videos, it looks like Red Dead Redemption with uh, Snake, and I'm totally in for that. Yeah, I, I think Red I, Dead I want is another a great Red game. Dead game. Yeah, so bad. That's like the last open world game I really lost myself in, actually. And that was a perfect combination of having a narrative that was interesting, characters that were really well written and drawn out, if not you know tropes of the Western genre and action yeah. movie genre, but. Uh, just a gorgeous world to explore too. Stuff to find that was cool, um, not marked or off the beaten path, and side quests. There was a lot to do in that world, and it was a gorgeously realized world. So there are variants of open world games to create, and I think it's just a, a cautionary tale when open worlds are just created for the sake of imagining it will just give players lots of stuff to do, but not actually giving them a reason to do it or a or, convincing way to do it or a fun way to interact with the world yeah which was dragon age's problem yeah so you know yeah cool um any last thoughts of words or words of wisdom or anything for me i would just keep playing it with this newfound understanding especially in bethesda games new enlightenment yeah um you know the the life of that game especially skyrim uh comes from how you're playing it now and that's where mods come in to make it just more fun it's another it's another tool to interact and explore with that world where you change the loot dynamic or you change um, the amount of trees or what type of landscape you're visiting uh, new creatures to find that you just run through a forest and there's a mega huge size werewolf to kill that wasn't there before because of mods the best mods for games like that enable you to just decide i've been to this world several times already i think i've seen everything but i've just added new stuff to do that i'll have to go find myself um one of the best mods from that just a short aside 
was for the Cloaks of Skyrim, and it added capes to the game. Oh, yeah. And there were these really just not very well-defined on purpose quests to find epic cloaks across the world, and you would find snippets of the, uh, the location and stories, and that could be just a whole way to play the game and find new parts of the world by, I want to find this epic cloak that somebody created and there's a story behind it so i'm going to run across the world and find it in a cave somewhere cool i might actually add that on tonight <laughs> yeah so the stuff like that is the best way to play it cool i think you're doing the right thing nick good i'm opening my mind i am freeing myself from the shackles of quest driven gameplay mediocrity <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> cool well aaron thank you for being my uh, spirit guide on this journey you're welcome uh where can the internet and the good people at this podcast find you at aaron Thayer on twitter Afe on Xbox Live, A dash Thay, T H A Y on PlayStation Network, um, and Afe on Steam. Find me there. I'll cool. Be playing games. At this point, by the time you are listening to this, I'm sure I'll, I will be knee deep in Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah, punching thugs and uh, Batmobiling. Open world Batmobiling. Yeah, I still don't know how to feel about that. We'll see how that pans out. That could be a whole other conversation. Yeah, we should have a conversation just about the Batman Arkham series and how it should not have gone open world. Well, Of course, maybe Arkham Knight will change my mind on that. Sounds like we might have another episode for you. Maybe. Maybe time to throw the gauntlet <laughs> we're gonna, down We're going to keep going with this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you want to, for some reason, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Cummings. Uh, on gaming networks is WhyMog, W-H-Y-M-O-G. And uh, I'm going to be playing the moving game, but uh, once that's done, I'm planning on picking up Splatoon and uh, getting deep into that. So that'll be fun. Excellent. Cool. Well, as always, uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Overcast for those of you on iOS who don't like the podcast app because it kind of sucks. It does. It does. Uh, Our website is ludinous.com. And uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to ping us on Twitter or Gaming Networks or email us, uh, lewdness at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will be back next week. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Goodbye.